I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 28. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, today I have the honor of a really close dear friend um, being with us. Her name is Mary Dorset. She's also Mrs. Lyle Dorset. She's married to Dr. Dorset, who's been on a previous program talking about um, biographies and their importance. And Mary has had a rich and interesting life, and she can tell you more about that. But she has been a professor's wife, a pastor's wife, and a, I guess, seminary professor's wife as well. So she's influenced many, many young people as well as adults. I also had the privilege of her being my pastor's wife um, when Dr. Dorset was our family's pastor. So we go way back and I asked Mary to just share some life lessons, some things as a more mature woman in the Christian world that she would like to share with some of our younger listeners. So welcome, Mary. Thank you. It's nice to be with you. It's nice to see your face. I know. Yeah. So for our listeners, we're doing this on Zoom where we can see each other, but you don't have the privilege of seeing Mary, but she is absolutely gorgeous. I won't tell you too much about her, but she's pretty beautiful. So Miss Mary, um, you have been sharing some insights with me about our relationship with Christ, things that you wish people knew um, as they walk with the Lord that maybe um, you haven't always known, I don't know, and that you would like to, you know, to impart to a younger generation. Do you want to share a few of those things with us? I would love to. It all started when I decided that I was going to write an autobiography for my family. And it's because I wish so much that I'd asked my beloved grandma questions and even more of my mother and father. And so I thought, well, maybe I can solve this problem for my kids and grandkids by doing it for them. But in the writing of it, the Lord has just spoken so clearly to me at so many moments. Mm. And those are, I think, the things that, those are the nuggets and the treasures, the blessings I felt. So I would encourage each of you listening to this, I don't care if you're 10 years old, write an autobiography. You don't have to write the whole thing because I think that sometimes feels overwhelming. But get a book and just put a note or two about whatever you want to recall so that later on you don't forget it because it's easy to forget. It's sometimes hard to remember. But one of the first things I remember is what I call my Adam and Eve moment. And I think I spent too much of my life thinking, if only Adam and Eve hadn't eaten that blooming apple, we'd all be better off today. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yet I suddenly realized that when I was probably five, maybe six, I saw a teeny tiny little piece of yellow chalk on the chalkboard and I wanted it. And instead of asking for it, because I'm sure it was going to be thrown away, I didn't, wasn't brave enough and I took it. Yes. But once I took it, what did I do with it? I couldn't show my mother. She asked me where I got it. I couldn't play with it outside. She'd say, where did you get it? I couldn't show my friends. I couldn't do anything with it except feel enormously guilty. Yes. And I, like Adam and Eve, had just, just committed my first knowable sin. Yeah. 
eventually I snuck it back, but then being raised Catholic, I should have confessed it, but I was too embarrassed to confess it. So I wandered around with this load of guilt for years over something that didn't bring me any pleasure. I never enjoyed. Yes. And all it did is make me feel terrible inside. Mm -hmm. And I really, I was thinking about this, that doing what I want and not what God wants is probably my best definition of sin. Mm. Lyle and I, we frequent, I frequently tease that if you ever meet him, the man is a constant stream of, let's do this, let's do that. I've got, I thought about this, I thought about, he's always, I've got a vision. <laughs> and my role in our, I think you're laughing because you know it's true. My role in, in life is to put my two hands up and say, stop, let's be practical. So I think the definition... I remember being at a meeting in your living room in Wheaton and Lyle was casting a vision for us as prayer ministers. And then when he stopped talking, you said, okay, now let's be practical. And I still remember yeah. that. <laughs> I, yeah. It. I mean, I think we need visionaries, but if you can't actually put it in practice, yes. the vision isn't going to last for too long. And so I think that's why the visions that last for a long time are the ones that can make the biggest difference in our souls, at least for me. Yes. Um, so doing, I learned, but I wasn't able to articulate it. Doing what I wanted, not what God wanted was just sin. Yes. And I had done it. I was just as bad as Adam and Eve. I'd eaten the apple of a piece of chalk that I could never use and didn't want because yes. it caused me pain. But all of us have them, and it would be interesting for your viewers, I hope, to go back and try to remember what was your Adam and Eve moment. And yeah. it's n usually nothing, nothing big. It's something small where you put yourself before the Lord. Yes. Yes. Wow. Wow. I think so, we're all doing flashbacks as we're listening to. Pardon? I think we're doing flashbacks as we're listening to you. All <laughs> I hope so. You know, when you, when you scribble your notes for what you want your children and grandchildren and maybe even great-grandchildren to remember, put down, what's your Adam and Eve moment? The next big one, and this kind of was around the same time, so it's an interesting one to me, is I was raised in a Catholic school. I was raised a Catholic, and I was in a Catholic school all of my life. And the poor teacher who had us, I knew Sister Kathleen Kevin was young but I didn't realize she was really young. I've since found her online and we were her only her third class. And I am the first blush of the baby boomers going to school. So all these poor nuns had probably 25 kids in their room the year before. And then all the people come home from war and suddenly there's over 50 of us all still squashed in the same room because there's no building. There's no building materials. Everything was going for the war. Yeah. Nothing had recovered yet. Yeah. And you just made do. That's right. And sister was getting us ready at the end of the year for first communion, which if you don't understand that in the Catholic tradition is a very important milestone. Yeah. And it's important that you be prepared for it and that you understand what's going on. And so sister explained all about communion. And after communion, she, she said, now you go back to your pew and 
you just kneel down and you, you pray. You close your eyes so you don't get distracted and you pray. And you pray to God and you can tell God anything. God wants to hear what you want to say, blah, blah, blah. And that was fine, but my vision of God was still the one who knew that I had committed a sin and wasn't real pleased with me. And he was up there, but she kept saying, you can tell Jesus anything. And a little boy in our class who was not being a smart aleck, he asked an honest question, raised his hand and said, sister, can I tell Jesus a joke? And she thought for just a second and she said, of course you can. Oh. I'm sure Jesus would love to hear your joke. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't realize for year till years later was, if you can tell Jesus a joke, he likes you. It's not the God loves you of the Bible, which is important. I don't want to do away with it, no way denigrating that. But it was the personal, he likes me. Yes. God likes me, even though... As a child, I was severely overweight because I was of an undiagnosed thyroid problem. And I didn't have many friends and not many people liked me, but I learned Jesus likes me. Oh, wow. And that can change your life if you let that one really soak in. God likes you. He doesn't just love you. And that makes him part of your circle of true friends. Yeah, you're making me cry. <laughs> that, oh, okay. <laughs> that's beautiful. Those are good. I mean, I'm, I'm one of the better criers in the world. So being Italian, I can cry at the drop of a hat. But um, we go up, we go down. Uh, but I think that's so important. God likes you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to tell him when you've committed a sin. He wants you to know that he likes you enough to, he's died for that sin already and he forgives you and you can walk in grace and peace. And that's an incredible blessing that I don't yeah. think many people understand completely. I don't, I know I don't know how much time completely. we have. Do we have time for one more maybe? Oh, I would love more. Yes, please. Okay. I, my husband and I lost a daughter who got sick one night and died the next morning. Yes. for meningitis yeah and they kept her alive for a while on a respirator in the hope that she could come back but for some reason the goofy hospital wouldn't let us in a room and i'm walking up and down a hallway and i remember saying to the lord i couldn't i can't say i don't want her to live of course i do yes but even more, I want your will than my will. Yes. And part of the reason why I was able to say that was a lesson I learned as a child. My mother taught me, don't ever shake your fist at God and demand your way. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why that came up was we had neighbors and I, I'm trying not to call them by the right name. 
we had neighbors and the mother whose name was Teresa had a son whose name was Tommy and Tommy had always been sickly and spoiled and very self-centered. And Tommy got very, very sick. He was in the hospital. And I remember my mother saying, I feel so bad because Teresa is shaking her fist at God and saying, you can't have him. And Tommy lived. And Tommy turned out to be one of the meanest people in the whole wide world. Last I heard, he was in prison, seriously. Oh. And I remember that even after he healed, we had stone pillars at the corner of our street. Yeah. One time, this is just an example, Tommy had broken his arm and had a cast on it. Yeah. And he would hide behind the stone pillars. Yes. And as soon as you rolled around the block, Tommy hit you with his cast and knocked you out as hard as he could. Oh my Which sounds funny, but it really wasn't. Tommy's life would have been better off placed in God's hands. Yeah. When he was young. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, it, those are hard, this is a hard lesson to live. Yes. But it's an important lesson. God has a better plan for each of us than we can dream up ourselves. Even if it's walking through the, I believe that grief truly is walking through the valley of the shadow of death because the death is so near and you can't get to it. You can't get to the one you love. But God's plan is better than my plan. And I don't know why he allowed our daughter Erica to die when she was 10. But I know he's used to death, and I know he's blessed me through it. And so I would encourage your listeners, each of you is going through a major or a minor difficulty right now. Don't demand your way. Let the Lord lead, because he has a better plan for you than you'll ever dream up for yourself. Wow. Yeah. I needed to hear that. We all need to hear that. I want to take. I, I want to hold on to the reins, Mary. I want to drive the ship. I know, I know. I still fall into the trap, and then the Lord reminds me, you know, is it do you want your way or my way? And I still hear my mother saying, "Don't ever shake your fist at God." Wow. Yeah. And that woman had a hard life. Your mother. My mother. My mother had a very hard life. My father was a very difficult man. And without going into all of the details, I one time, they were Catholic. My mom was a strong Catholic and she had more than enough reason and grounds to divorce my father. And she would call and she'd be so upset. And finally, one day I said to her, I was by now in my late twenties, early thirties, Mom, why don't you just divorce him? You have the grounds for it. You have the reason for it. Just divorce him. You can just, don't get remarried, stay a Catholic, nothing. And she said to me in the midst of all of her pain, I made a promise to God when I married him and I will not break it. Amen. That was my mama. 
She sounds wonderful. I've never, I, you've never told me about your mother. This, I would have loved to have known her. My mother was the mother that everybody wished they had for their mother. Not that wow. she was perfect, but everybody wanted my mother. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's nice? quite a compliment. Yeah, it was a compliment to her. She was a good woman. Yeah. A very good woman. Mm. A few years ago, my son asked me how I knew my method was working. I told him I know homeschooling is working if a child is reading under the covers with a flashlight. That's because a child who stays up late at night reading loves learning. And isn't that the goal of education? To make lifelong learners. We don't need a lot of what I call holy hardware to give our children the very best education they can get. As Dr. Raymond Moore used to say, a good education requires a Bible, a library card, and a math curriculum. It doesn't have to be complicated or expensive, but you do need a plan. Over the last 35 years, I have created invaluable book lists that separate the wheat from the chaff. You don't have to waste time or energy on finding books that are worth your time. I've done the hard work for you. These book lists are the key to my system. They will save you thousands of dollars and lots of false starts and wasted energy. They really are the foundation of my approach. For the first time ever, you can get all of my book lists in one place. I've created an online course all about homeschool to teach you everything you need to know to make homeschooling work. The class is self-paced and topic-based, which makes it easy to access the videos and book lists over and over again. Visit my online store or click the link in the show notes to start all about homeschool today. Now back to the show. Wow. Anything else you want to say before we close out? Well, I should think that would be more than enough for one morning. <laughs> well, then I would love you to pray for our listeners. Would you be willing to do that as we close? Oh, I would be delighted to do that as we close. Thank you. Heavenly Father, dear Lord Jesus, and Holy Spirit who lives in and through us, I don't have a story unlike any other one that each of your listeners is hearing. We are each just different facets of who you created each of us to be. And we each have our own life and our own stories, but in each story, the good and the bad, you are the center and you are the truth. And Lord, I pray for those who are grieving today and who feel there is no hope. Lord, show them the way out. Equally, I pray for those on the mountaintop because, oh Lord, the mountaintop is often followed by a fall that leaves us thinking, what just happened? Mm -hmm. And what happened is, Lord, you come to each of us as we fall to keep us humble and to keep us holy and to keep us near you. Thank you for blessing us with the goods and the bads, but the constant 
of your presence. And so I just pray for your presence to just be so real to each one and to bless this day and to bless this week and to use us to bless others. Help us to be like you, Jesus, who always put the will of your Father above others, above anything, and the need and the desire to bless others as your primary your primary goal in life. You did that when you lived. You did that when you died. So thank you, Lord. And we just pray this in your mighty and strong and powerful name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Oh, Mary, you've been a spiritual mother to me. And I appreciate you so much. You've spoken truth to me over the years. I love you so much. I treasure you and Lyle. And, um, this is going to minister to a lot of people. So thank you for it's joining me this you. week. What, Mary? But it's good to be able to see your face. I know. I think so, too. I love it. I wish our listeners could see your beautiful face. <laughs> <sighs> so thank you for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com to subscribe to the monthly newsletter and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.